Hey, everybody, we're back with another commission podcast. Uh, this time, another Sean Ray production. We're going to have to eventually total everything up and see. Like, he, he might be in the double digits now. I don't know. I felt like the last, the last three months of my life, I've just been doing, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've been working for Sean Ray. We, we need to, like, dedicate a wing of the website to Sean Ray. <laughs> the yeah. Sean Ray Memori- Memorial? I, is yeah. He's still around, right? The Sha- Sean Probably. Ray Future Memorial <laughs> right. Library Room of Web Bald page. Move. Yeah. Um, but he wants us to watch, uh, he wanted us to watch the, the 1991 uh, Oliver Stone film JFK starring Kevin Costner with yet another ridiculous accent. Yeah. He's going yeah. for... It was... It, uh, uh, it was fine. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to shit on the man's accents. Like okay. I, I think it's worse actually in Thirteen Days. I, I think that this movie is not nearly as bad as his Boston accent. Okay, sure. But is that because you're more familiar with the Boston accent? A Lu- what? What is a Louisiana it, it, it accent? Even? Yeah. Um, I feel like John Candy really nails it. It's funny because he's, he, he's he's got a drawl that does not sound like it's a Southern. Like he's definitely like like he's got <laughs> like a, a northern east, drawl, an east coast drawl, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Um, a California drawl, California drawl. Uh, so I, I'm gonna let him introduce it because he doesn't have much to say. He wants us just to, 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 to do a deep dive in his film, and sh- God knows this film's deep enough to dive into. It is. If you've never seen this film, buckle up. Uh, I first saw this as a VH on VHS, and it was like a two. VHS set it's one of those films it's it's yeah. three almost three and a half hours long uh he says uh hey Jim and Aaron I'm going to ask permission to commission Oliver Stone's director's cut of the 1991 JFK like I said in the previous email it's three and a half hours long um I can write a book on what goes on in the film but instead of doing that I'm just going to ask you guys to consider and dissect the different theories discussed of the who what and why surrounding the assassination of JFK oh Christ see I can't do that Please be as thorough as possible. I understand it's going to be daunting. Um, Here's what you can commission me to do. You can mm -hmm. commission me to watch a movie, do a a bit of research, and to give my thoughts on the film. Mm -hmm. What you cannot commission me to do is reopen the investigation into a a murder conspiracy. Yeah, I I can't do that. It would take me literally years. Uh Years to, to properly research and feel like I had a grasp on this thing enough yeah. to say hey definitively here's what i think about these facts and 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 fabrications uh fair enough uh hope you aren't phased by kevin costner's louisiana accent um so what let's talk about our personal history of this movie i have seen this movie probably about 10 times and i remember the first time i saw this movie i was it made me as angry as anything i've seen in my whole life because i was mm-hmm. i was under the illusion that oliver stone maybe dramatizing basic facts but his narrative and like the like he he wouldn't just make up a fact mm-hmm. he wouldn't just repeat a bald assertion of something as the truth um, and this is like, you know, this is just a crazy, like, you know, like it just, it, it really wraps you in. Cause like, I'm of the opinion that even though this is a three and a half hour film, it doesn't feel like it. Like I'm always shocked when we get to the Donald Sutherland scene, which is roughly in the middle of the movie. And that's a, that's a long meaty scene, but it just like, just, it goes like a freight train. Mm-hmm. Like once, once you get to the Walter Matthau, like Senator plane trip where he essentially softballs the Jim, the Jim Garrison character, um, like the conspiracy theory, the movie just 
doesn't really stop. Um, mm. It bogs down here and there, but it's 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 it just always moving on to the next thing. Um, if you're unfamiliar, this is the story of real life uh, prosecutor Jim Garrison, who is the only person who's brought a criminal trial in the crime of the assassination of, of John F. Kennedy. Uh, and if you're familiar with JFK conspiracy theories, this film has all of them, all of them. Uh, yeah. it's also unbelievably, unbelievably star studded mm-hmm. and like pretty insane over the top performances for some of these people too. You've got Kevin Costner playing Jim Garrison. You got, uh, Kevin Bacon playing uh, a, a, a young gay man. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Joe Pesci playing Ted Cruz's father. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lori Metcalf from uh, Roseanne. Gary Oldman as Lee Harvey Oswald, and he's amazing. Yeah, Michael Rooker uh, is in this right. film. Sissy Spacek is, is in this film. Jack Lemmon is in this film. Walter, John Candy. Walter Matha. John Candy giving a awesome <laughs> what would you call that performance like a uh, lawyer turned jazz lounge yeah this is a guy performer. who spends 95 percent of his if of his waking hours in mm-hmm. a jazz uh, new orleans jazz bar and he speaks in like this belter creole it's mm-hmm. like you see you got you got the you got the that's no, amazing you got the you got the right ho ho but the wrong ta ta daddy and <laughs> right. it's got uh, uh donald sutherland um yep. it's got uh, ed asner it's got uh bill murray's brother playing jack ruby yeah just wayne knight yep i mean this film vincent d'onfrio john larroquette this Hmm. film almost single-handedly makes the six degrees of kevin bacon game work right right. because there's so much star power across so many different generations it's also generational Mm -hmm. like fucking you know linking kevin costner and and jack lemon and walter matthau in the first degree like pulls this thing into old hollywood it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, but it purports to be the, the, the telling of this this uh, prosecutor's one man war against the vast fe- uh, 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 cover up from multiple forces like the the thing. The movie is never too clear about what exactly who are the ones pulling the string or if it's every it's it's involved. It could be involving the Russians, the mafia, shadow elements of the CIA, Lyndon B. Space, Johnson, uh, the pre, you know, the, the, <laughs> the president vice president of the United himself, States, yeah. Bobby Kennedy's brother or I mean Bobby Kennedy, perhaps uh, Cuban revolutionaries mm-hmm. like it goes pretty, pretty far and wide about who. And, and like, I think one of the central things is like, maybe this is intentionally engineered. So all these independent actors came to one thing. So it's like that, that there's this one point where he says it's like a firing squad, a military firing squad where you got five riflemen and only four bullets. So everyone's got plausible deniability. It wasn't my bo- bullet that, that actually right. did the thing. Um, I, like I said, my my history is I watched this movie as a very young, un, un, uneducated, unsophisticated person that hadn't paid much attention to politics, and it blew my fucking mind. I then went on to read Jim Garrison's book on the Trail of the Assassins. I got really deep into conspiracy theories, and then <laughs> I thought before I start a violent coup against my government, mm-hmm. I should look at the other side. And I found quickly that the balloon deflated and almost every substantive claim that I investigated about this movie has at least an asterisk at most at, at, at worst. Like it's just an outright fabrication. Uh, Jim, what's your history with this movie? I don't know that I've ever actually seen this whole movie, probably because it's 
three, depending on which version you watch, three and a half hours long. Uh, I think I, I, I know that I've seen clips. I know that I have seen, you know, the magic bullet scene. Right. Uh, I, I don't think I'd ever seen it in its entirety. Mm-hmm. So this is really my first full viewing of it. Right. Um, what did you, cause I, cause I will say that even though I don't think the movie is factual, I still think the movie raises a lot of questions and every single time I watch it, I get a new kind of wrinkle in my understanding of the geopolitical situation I find myself in. And mm-hmm. like it, 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 like I find new problems. Like at first my problems were essentially kind of like factual problems. But then like, as I've grown as a person and I start seeing like, man, there's a lot of unflattering portrayals of homosexual men in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost to the point of like, this is like blood libel against the gays. Uh, and I'm kind of shocked that, um, you know, Oliver Stone would traffic in that kind of thing. Uh, but I still think number one, the film is incredibly well made, incredibly well acted. I can't even imagine Oliver Stone, how much cocaine he had to do to write this script (laughs) has a fantastic soundtrack by John Williams. Oh, does it? Which, by the way, this is the huh. this is one movie you can throw into people's face when they say, <clears throat> Jim, that all John John Williams uh, soundtracks sound the same. Um, so I think it's it's as a piece of art, it's 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 amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you, what do you think of it? I think this movie is a triumph of editing mm. and maybe a failure of scope. Mm. I think I think <laughs> surprise surprise in a three and a half hour movie that is ninety percent dialogue over uh scenes of flashbacks and dramatizations mm. of the things they're talking about mm-hmm. this scene tries to cover or this movie tries to cover too much ground mm. i think i think what they should have done is present their most coherent best argument because because right. make no mistake this is oliver stone's attempt to convince the public that there is a conspiracy regarding right. the assassination of jfk right. that is the intent of this movie mm-hmm. and so He's compiling all of the evidence. What I think he should have done is compile the most compelling evidence, cut this at like two and a half hours, and and leave the other stuff on the cutting room floor. I think leave the color. I think that's what the trial attempts to do. It's like this is the distillation of the most um, persuasive evidence. And yes, um, you know, because like, man, I I will say that this movie lost me many times along the way and not because I wasn't buying what it was saying, but I wasn't getting what it was saying Hmm. because it was so very convoluted because they tried to get like the connections to the CIA. And I know some of this is very important to the motivations of the factions claimed to be involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but it lost me somewhere along the way. Like, why do we have to have a, a dummy Oswald? Like, what, what does building this fictional character of Oswald have to do with the actual assassination? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and you could have told me he was a patsy without telling me that they were building a fictional version that of the him CIA while he was, was in Russia. Building a a straw man version of Oswell, so they you know they, that has nothing to do with like the persuasive part of the case, in my opinion. Yeah. But they spend a good twenty minutes on that, and in the director's cut, they actually expound on it even more. Like, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. went back and they added like minutes of scenes mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm in my opinion, didn't need to be there to make a compelling case. I think as a, someone has seen the movie 10 times, that makes sense the more you see it. That like, Because there's a lot of threads where in the, in, the, in the first third of the movie when they're doing the initial investigation, there's a lot of like 
very contradictory things about uh, Oswald, which again, Gary Oldman yeah. is is Lee Harvey Oswald. No, he's great. He looks just like him. He sounds just like him. Like mm-hmm. to see like like seeing him reenact some of these historical scenes is just fucking amazing. It's one of my favorite performances of his of all time. But there's a lot of inconsistencies. Like, is this guy a patriot marine intelligence officer? Is he a communist rabble rouser? Is he just a, a crackpot? I mean, that's what when I watched this movie this this fi- this this last time because it's been about I think I watched this movie about four years ago. Like, I, I watched it with hmm. Cecily on on some sleepy winter afternoon. <laughs> um, but I was struck by how schizophrenic this the lee harvey oswald portrayal or not portrayal but like the fact line is in this movie but how neatly it's explained if you just think that lee harvey oswald is a bit of a crazy crackpot um Hmm. there are some things that like i've never really sat and researched to my satisfaction like the movie but but part of it because i started giving up because i i got to so many things where like a jfk just made or uh oliver stone has made shit up but Mm -hmm. if true the assertion that they made about Oswald essentially renouncing his citizenship and then coming back to America several years later with a Russian wife and just, you just know, waltzing un- back in. just undoing yeah. that and getting his Russian wife uh, in, in, into the country seems fishy. But it could be if you look that up, that that's just a detail that Oliver Stone is making up or mm-hmm. stretching because, you know, um, I because I, because uh, otherwise I think what that duplicate Oswald is trying to do is explain the things that don't fit with the narrative of him being a patriot that was an intelligence officer that was trying to spy uh, for for Russia or no spy right. for America in Russia and then the CIA all the communist rabble rousing bullshit that he was doing for like Guy Bannister was this uh, double. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that they're trying to like they the, the like Oliver Stone's like I understand that this portrait of Lee Harvey like this could be true or that could be true, but they both can't literally be true. Mm-hmm. So let's go on this deep dive of this CIA duplicate effort, and that also explains I guess there's some discrepancies in the official record about how tall Lee Harvey Oswald is. Right, five eleven, five seven. Who? Yeah. Who knows? Who even knows? Like yeah. that's like you know, and again. um, I think let's can we talk about just conspiracies in in general sure. because like I have been aware of because like uh, uh, you know as growing up as a Jehovah's Witness uh, surprising a number of my friends were into conspiracy theories like what um, do you mean when you say into conspiracy theories I mean like I had a couple friends that thought that the moon landing was faked Okay. That the fate there was a face on Mars, and that pointed to an alien base uh, and and human civilization being there at one point. The JFK. Consp- Where's the conspiracy there? That NASA the knew, that NASA knows about it, and they're suppressing it because they know people about the found aliens? Hmm. people found out that there's an alien. I mean, that's yeah. Okay. I mean, that yeah. would be pretty mind blowing if. <laughs> if sure. The world government was suppressing the the fact that there's aliens on Mars. I big can't, if true. Can't disagree with that. Yeah. Big if true. Uh, that, uh, let's see, uh, the, the, obviously a JFK conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And as I was getting out of that world, oh, the 9 11 yeah. conspiracy was whipping. I think you and I are thinking of the same people. Yeah, um, yeah. and I've always, cause you know, and, and so I've gotten like, I've, I've done a lot of, uh, research into like the moon landing theories, uh, conspiracy, because that's one that I'm personally interested in, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and it's what I, I'm going to use this as a neutral example because it's not really political. It's just essentially, you know, it's it's a matter of science. Like they take a lot of unrelated facts that seem true. Like for example, why aren't there stars in the background of the astronauts? Like when Neil Armstrong mm. is standing there holding the U.S. flag, and you can see the the lunar landscape, and you can see the 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 black backdrop of space. Like we're on if, if, uh, on on Earth. If I take a picture of that sky, I want to see stars. It's because the people who dressed that set didn't think that there might be stars in space. That's right. You know, and that, that's <laughs> and then the, 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 there the, there again, like that's the perfect rebuttal. Like. Right. They're staging all this shit and they <laughs> to make for, you think and, and they, they forget an obvious thing like that. Yeah. They, they, they whipped up all these suits and all these lo- ro- rover technology and all this like elaborate soundstage. And they got Stanley Kubrick, who fucking made. Right. No. Little known fact. No stars in Stanley Kubrick's 2001. Right. Right. No stars anywhere. Right. Try and find them. And they're going to they're going to miss they're going to miss the stars when it turns out that like and I think that this is something like people would intuitively understand nowadays. Like go out there with your webcam, Mm -hmm. point it at the sky, take a picture. All right. You'll see at the night sky. You might see some stars. Mm -hmm. If, 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 If there's the moon's out, focus your camera on the moon. And then take a picture. Mm-hmm. Garen fucking T, there won't be stars because the moon is so bright or overwhelms the camera's ability to yeah, go, expose them both. Look up at the sky, but have a street lamp in the shot. Right. Yeah. So like the the astronauts bright white uniforms, as well as mm-hmm. the bright lunar surface completely blots out the camera's ability to pick up stars. That's just one example. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, you know, just you go on and on and on. But that people have no experience with you know something like that like like a singular event like a moon landing so things that don't match up to the earth experience seems like or they're cover-ups and explanations anytime yeah. you explain it it seems like it's a it's an attempt to to explain away common sense and there's a little bit of that in this film mm-hmm. where kevin costner he says well the warren report will tell you that with some fancy nasa nuclear laboratory experiments that a bullet can do this that and the other well NASA tells us a lot of things that are fucking weird, but also true. Right. This is the number one problem I have with this movie. It's, it's an appeal to ignorance. It is. It's appeal to common sense, which common sense is one of the worst methods of detecting truth that we have. Right. It's completely fallible. Right. Uh, you Any number of people can think of things that are counterintuitive. You, mm. you look at, like, uh, there's, there's this place in my hometown called Gravity Hill. Right, yeah. And you go onto this this stretch of road that appears to be a valley between two hills. Mm-hmm. You park your car, you put it in neutral. At like the bottom of the valley. At the bottom, at the lowest point of the valley, and your car appears, based on common sense, to be going backwards up a hill. Like and like a 15 degree, like a 15 logic. degree, it doesn't even look like it's like, like, it's definitely like rolling uphill. Yeah, it feels and looks like you're rolling uphill. In fact, you're not. What you're doing is you're rolling downhill on a on an area that looks like you're rolling uphill, right? Because the the way the back the back the background, the way the road goes, the way like that the, the it's laid in the valley, it's an optical illusion essentially. Right. That common sense would tell you that something is is wrong with gravity there, right? When in fact There's it's a gravitational not. And, anomaly. And he at the end of this movie during the court scene, which is one of the least compelling things I've ever seen, partially because of this partially because of other reasons I'll talk about, but Mm. he is asking you to throw appeals to science out the window, right? Forget everything that the 
educated people would tell you and think with your gut. Mm -hmm. And that, in my opinion, is dangerous thinking. When he tells you black is white and white is black and you need to think that way, that Mm -hmm. is the exact problem we are living through right now Mm -hmm. uh, with truth and fact being completely ignored Mm -hmm. simply because it doesn't feel right. Right. Yeah, no. That's the number one problem I have with this movie. And the other thing is, like, you know, you look at my, you know, uh, conspiracy theories are all, a lot of this is driven, like, he takes all these eyewitness accounts where they're hearing gunshots coming from over here and gunshots come over there and smoke. Like, eyewitnesses are terrible. Because they don't understand how gunfire reflects off of buildings. And yeah, they, they see smoke rising from the fence, and they don't think, oh, those are hobos smoking over there. It's a gunfire. And I, I heard a gunshot reflecting over. And, and, you know, gunshots also, like, by the time you hear, like, it takes time for sound to travel that people don't often think about. And in an instance like the Dealey Plaza, where you've got all these different angles, and you're talking mm-hmm. about distances where you're going to have a half second or more delay between things happening and you hearing it. There's all kinds of room for uh, people to be so that you can find 40 people that say you heard gunfire from the grassy knoll or you heard this or that or smoke coming from it. What does that actually, what does that actually mean? Is sure, that enough? Sure. Like it, there's, there's just a lot of like misuse of the, 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 the evidence and like, uh, and you got to think a guy like Jim Garrison, who's a prosecutor, um, they he he says a lot of things like he's also he's like i've i've often wondered why people think that just because a woman is a prostitute her eyes don't work uh-huh. well that's not what people think right people think a prostitute has leverage that she can have over her she might be giving this testimony in a, a, an, a, an, a an attempt to get a lesser appeal for, uh, appeal for something else she might be willing to take a bribe to to trade her testimony like it's the fact that that's a straw man yeah yeah, it's a fact that you've got a like you know and i'm not saying that that's the there's not a little bit of truth to that but there's a little bit of truth to everything Mm -hmm. and you know and and this is why i have such mixed feelings because Mm -hmm. out of one side of my mouth i'm gonna say fuck this jim garrison guy for asking us to throw Mm -hmm. throw you know rigorous mental discipline out the window and think with our guts on the Mm -hmm. other hand i'm gonna say things seem fishy here and conspiracies are a possibility. Right. And so I don't think you should simply buy the official story because the scientists say, and it's official. Right. However, I think there's some line there where you cross either side and you're a lunatic. Right. And then, you know, like, there are, so I, have, I have very mixed feelings on this film and conspiracies in general. I think here's my, cause I think there's obviously conspiracies like, you know, for a long time, the MK ultra project was con- considered a lunatic fringe conspiracy theory. Right. And it turns out it's true. Uh, the fact that, you know, the United States knowingly exposed, people to radiation as essentially an experiment and uh exposed uh marginalized populations to disease and stuff as an experiment like those seem like crazy conspiracies but they're true exactly but my rule of thumb is the odds of the conspiracy happening um increase with the uh with, like increase the smaller in scope it is and the l- the smaller amount of time you're dealing with as a conspiracy increases in scope and increases in amount of time it's been exposed to daylight the odds that it's a conspiracy uh start shrinking 
you know, simply because people can't keep secrets. So, yeah, y- y- yeah, yeah. And people start having second thoughts and people that were true believers start thinking about how fucked up it, things were. And then they start like, you know, what? But like, yeah. like MK Ultra, like may, that was compartmentalized to maybe a few like a hundred people. And, like, how many people actually knew the full scope? Like, you know, maybe a few dozen. That's something that you can keep a, 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 a clamp on. Like, mm. but even then, like, we eventually know about it. We eventually knew about all of those experiments. We eventually right. knew that Howard Hughes was paid to recover a Russian submarine. Mm-hmm. Like, like, these conspiracies, again, the bigger the scope they are and the more time you have from the to to unfold, the less likely it is. Like, so things like the moon landing and JFK conspiracy... Um, especially when there's reasonable, like it's 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 not unreasonable to ask questions. It is unreasonable to when you get those answers to continually just try to reinvent how it can still be a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, movie, if you look at it critically, you can see that they are throwing a thousand things against the wall yeah. and hoping two or three will stick. And I, that's why I say I think they should have pared it down a little bit. They mm-hmm. being Oliver Stone, mm-hmm. pare it down. Show me the two or three things that definitely stick. Mm-hmm maybe dispense with the other things that right. are less credible. Right. Um, but let, let me go to this idea of, you know, fabricating evidence and stuff, because there's a scene in this movie, which is an outstanding scene. It's manic. It's unhinged. Joe Pesci as David Ferry. Oh, it's the, it's a mystery it wrapped in a riddle inside of an enigma. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a fucking amazing and scene. Joe and that Pesci, performance. Th- oh God. So good. Is glorious. Yes. That fucking wolf man acts the shit out of that scene. Yes, he does. Uh, but this scene is entirely fabricated. There, there is David Ferry. As far as I can, I understand in the, the small amount of research I was able to do for this. Uh-huh. Never like took it to his deathbed said, I was not involved in this. Right. So, and I feel like a large portion of the movie hinges on a confession from a guy who never confessed. It's just right. pure fabrication for this film to support a claim that Oliver Stone wanted to make. Yeah, and like, you know, the fact that like there's so many mysterious deaths involved in a JFK conspiracy, like, you know, when you're talking about thousands of witnesses and material people involved in this investigation mm-hmm. and the passage of time and actuarial tables, it's actually not unusual for this set amount of people to die. It's just that anyone that it's dies specific gets the... people. I, I felt that was one of the more compelling things okay. is the, the timing of the deaths and the key players who died. Like yeah. when all of your witnesses end up turning up dead, mm-hmm. that to me smacks of wiping out some evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's the proximity to the event, I guess, although it is years out, right? Like mm-hmm. we're talking, okay, the assassination happened in 63. The investigation happened in 66, mm-hmm. 60, 68, like yeah. those, those few years in there, mm-hmm. 66 to 69. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe, I mean, when you're talking about those time scales, people die. Well, especially, yeah. especially old people like Clay was dead five years after this, this whole indictment thing. Right, right, right. Or not indictment, uh, right. trial. And Dave Ferry, like, you know, that was one of the things, like, he already was, you know, suffering from cancer before the assassination. Was so, he, or was it, was it alopecia? He had, he had this disease. The reason he looks like the fucking wolf man here yeah. is because he's got this disease where all his hair falls out, right. and he's he wore got a abs- homemade wig. So, a third wig. He's got, like, his, and his eyebrows, eyebrows are drawn on with a grease pencil. Like, if you've seen pictures of him, he looks like... He looks like a crazy character. He does. 
And um, he is a crazy character. But I just like the, the the movie does use these things where like well, the first thing that like is really this solid concrete like evidence of a conspiracy is when Ma- Walter Matthau plays a senator that's 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 fly, happens to be flying next to Jim Garrison. And he essentially gives him the broad strokes of conspiracy. The fact that Wal- uh, pa- uh, uh, Patton Oswald. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was not a great shot, and mm-hmm. this rifle is a notoriously unreliable rifle, and the FBI's best marksman couldn't make this shot, and the bullet was pristine, and it ch- changed direction and travel. I want to talk about the, the the magic bullet theory, because it's the one that okay. I've done the most reading on. It's the one... Um, and like, it is true. Like if you look in Jim Garrison's, uh, trail of the assassin, he shows you the, pris- the, the magic bullet and it, and, and he shows you the bullet and it looks pristine. Okay. The problem is if you take that bullet and you turn it 180 degrees, the other side of it is completely fucked up. Like, like, uh, two face from Batman. Why would he do that? Because he's what? lying. Like that's the only that that's okay. That. I mean, I mean, if he's straight up lying for you know, as the as the opponents of his claim, publicity because like that's political the thing, like, gain. You, you can't like you can't say that's a pristine, but you can buy. You could say that like it's not as deformed as you would expect if it went through Kennedy's collarbone and this guy's like, wrist and like all this other stuff. Okay, but like. There's been ballistics tests done on it, and you can get like it's not a typical result, but. In a world like it's 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 also a not way like I would, it's not a one in a million result from shooting through that much flesh and tissue and, and whatnot as well. Hmm. The other thing is they say like he has this thing where he stages uh, Newman from Seinfeld and his other prosecutor in yeah. like sitting right back in front of each other. And he says, oh, look at the bullet. It comes out here and then takes a 90 degree turn and goes over here and pauses for a minute and comes like. The fact is, if you go and see the motor car that, that Kennedy was in, the physical layout of the car does not match that courtroom. Kennedy mm-hmm. set his he was elevated like six inches up and was sitting like a like like uh, eight inches to the side of this. The guy that was in and it's actually a straight all those injuries happen in pretty much a straight line. Hmm. The slight deviations can be explained by a bullet hitting a bone and starting to tumble. But it's not this like crazy wormhole shit that Jim Garrison <laughs> because just because, you know, he the the, yeah. the physical model he used to represent reality did not match reality. Um, well, I think it's interesting because he doesn't get the Zapruder film until way late in the movie. Right. Which, if you already have a mental model of how this all works in your right. head because you've read documents that have, right. have detailed the wounds, right? Yeah. And, and you've got this idea of what a basic car looks like. Sure, sure. Then, then you start to build in your head a scenario in which the bullet must be magic. Right. And then when you see the Zapruder film, you don't notice the details where maybe he's sitting up a little higher or his coat is bunched up or he's hunched right. over or the guy's got his wrist in a certain spot. Right. You're you're looking to verify the the notion that you have in your head, mm-hmm. and and this this is true on both sides of the conspiracy theories. I mm-hmm. think like mm-hmm. people who deny them flat out mm-hmm. will say it couldn't be true because of these details and these details, and they're running mm-hmm. off a model they've built in their head. Sure, and they're ignoring things. Right. Uh, the other side here, I think, is doing it too. And I, that's always like I every time I because here's the thing, I honestly fantasize about this scenario. Like what do you the mean? lid being blown. Like imagine okay, if yeah, you yeah. just because you're interested in something start pulling at a thread and like, oh, my God. Yeah. 
like I'm I, I'm blowing the lid off of something mm. and we're, we're I'm going to get to this at the end of the or at some point in this podcast because I feel like maybe we get to it right now. Um, sure. I'm just I, so every time I hear a new, about a new conspiracy theory, I'm always interested, but I get to the point where like there's a certain pattern where unrelated facts that are being twisted, for example, like the, you know, nine 11 conspiracy, the, the, the canonical claim is jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Right. Right. No, but jet fuel combined with burning office furniture and paper and an insane updraft is fueling oxygen can weaken steel beams to -hmm. where they bend and deform. And then the massive amount of kinetic energy that's released by a giant fucking building collapsing on itself can absolutely melt steel. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, when I got around to the JFK conspiracy theory debunking, I would have respected a hell of a lot more if I got to the pristine bullet part and the the proponents were just like, you know what? We used to think about we used to think this was something, but it's turned out that the bullet is deformed. Right. Dismiss it entirely. Like, like say, OK, we can we can see that point. That's but, not a legitimate argument anymore. Right, But you go to most like JFK conspiracy sites right now and lunar landing hoax sites. They repeat all the same shit that's been discredited six ways from Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that the Kodak film and camera used on the moon could not maintain focus on an astronaut and pick up stars. Like if someone repeats that to you, they're being a disin- just, just disingenuous a fucking, uh, uh, I don't know, like rabble rouser. Mm-hmm. But like I like I said, I, but but you get to where it's like you start seeing this pattern where it's a litany of facts. And regardless of how many get discredited, the entire litany all always comes out. And yeah. the chain, like in the theories, can continue to evolve, but they never discredit the old theories. It's not like you know, it's it's not like today, like um, you know, evolution is the primary theory. It's not like there's still scientists that are saying, but also creation, mm-hmm. and but also AO by a biogenesis and all that stuff. It's like, or you know, like the moon was created by an impact with the Earth. There's not like six different theories that are equally valid about the formation of the, that's not how like science and facts works. And I feel like that's, that's the thing. Like if you, 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 you see this stuff that's like the details are made up and fabricated, uh, like things that are detrimental to the case are suppressed and minimized. Um, and that there's no like unifying theory. This is the big thing because I don't think there's any centralized place for discussion of these things. And right. it, I was watching an interview with Oliver Stone, mm-hmm. uh, conducted by his son and somebody else and the the son asked him the question like in the information age with social media and the democratization the the decentralization mm-hmm. of information mm-hmm. do you think that these things are going to get better that the 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 conspiracies will be harder to maintain that you know the 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 essentially information warfare will become harder mm-hmm. and i look at stuff like the election right like mm-hmm. the manipulation of facebook the manipulation of all these social media mm-hmm. avenues and i go well no because now you're just simply fragmenting the the people who you're you're essentially giving certain people some information mm-hmm. and keeping information from them so mm-hmm. like the the people who go and do this research on like let's say the magic bullet or whatever and they find out it's not pristine and they put that on the internet well that's on one web page somewhere and if the people who are reading this argument are not persuaded by the argument they're not likely to propagate it anywhere else mm-hmm. 
And so that piece of information only propagates to like one side of the equation. Right. And those people eventually tend to argue past each other. Right. Because they're arguing off of different sets of facts, even at some yes, point, like yeah. different sets of perceived fact. Yeah. And I think like Oscar, uh, Oscar, no. Right. Uh, Oliver, sorry, wisely said, I can't answer that question. I don't know the answer to that. Hmm. Um, and I think it turned out to be the exact opposite of what the proposition was that it would get easier to determine truth. Right. I think, I think the exact opposite has happened and conspiracy theorists have latched onto that. And I almost wonder in a way if JFK, the movie Mm -hmm. did not lend a mainstream voice to the people who would claim more dubious right. conspiracies. It's funny because, like, uh, you know, Bill Simmons, who I admire a lot and, you know, uh, influenced me as a podcaster, is an unabashed believer of almost every conspiracy you can think of. <laughs> okay. And when he goes on, like, I, I Larry uh, Whitmore uh, mm-hmm. interviewed him and they got into it. And, like, Larry's like, but, Bill, this stuff's been discredited. And the thing is, is, like, I, this is what you make a point that I was trying to, and I think you articulated better than I did, that, like, if you look at some of these conspiracies, a conspir- the fan of the conspiracy sees a thousand questions and problematic issues with the official story. Mm-hmm. But what really is the case is you've got like 991 questions that have been answered and dismissed and maybe nine remaining like quibbles. Mm-hmm. But the people that are into conspiracy theory don't ever look at both sides of the issue. So they still see it's the thousandth. You know, it's it's why Bill Simmons, when he's talking to Larry Wiltmore in the year 2018, goes to the fucking pristine bullet. And I as I'm right. listening to the podcast, my head explodes because I know <laughs> that Bill has not even looked yeah. at one minute of the other side of the equation of the debunking side. Right. And like my my advice for everyone that believes in conspiracy theories right now is like I again I'm Fox Mulder. I want to believe. Uh-huh. I want to be told a grand narrative that makes all this insanity make sense. And that's one of the things I think really uh, promulgates uh, conspiracy th- thinking is the idea that the the world is this uncaring, unthinking f- place where things just happen. And there's no order and there's no control conspiracies say no there actually is a a a group of wise powerful well maybe not wise but powerful men that Mm -hmm. are calling the shots and they're imposing their order and their will on the universe and if we can just expose them we can get that control back when the truth is no one knows what the fuck they're doing at best you can nudge yeah things in a direction you hope it will go that's why i think things like you know the cuban missile crisis is so fascinating because when you know after cold war is over and you can go back and look at all the official records and just really see like that really no one knew what the hell was going on and everyone's mm-hmm. kind of winging it and khrushchev thought this about kennedy and kennedy thought this about khrushchev and then the generals were on a different side and like it makes sense and not in a very satisfying way, but it makes sense. And like, oh, yeah, no one really knows what the hell is going on. And everyone has imperfect information. And you have to make like life and death decisions right here and there. Like a lot of weird shit went down in Dallas just because mm-hmm. the president got his head blown off. Yeah. Like a lot of it's shit. A stressful. Situation. Like, th- like, like there's not a binder. It's like, oh, he- the president got his head blown off in Dallas. Here's all the official procedures that we do. Also, he's a Catholic and there's family has different ideas about how the body should be treated. And, 
you know, we also had the nation looking on, shitting its pants, and <laughs> we're in the middle yeah. of this divisive, like, you know, like, it's, they, no one ever thinks about, it's always like, there is an official narrative and we're poking holes on it, rather than this is just being largely improvised. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah, I mean, the, so the interesting thing, I, I want to talk a little bit about the motivations that the movie presents right. for the, the murder. Yeah. Um, because they're quite obviously have to be motivations. Yes. And whether that's Lee Harvey Oswald acting right. as a lone gunman. Right. Uh, his personal motivation, uh, you know, anti-communist kind of stuff. Or whether that's a vast conspiracy and the motivations behind the military industrial complex. Mm-hmm. I can't say for sure, but it is. I think those are some compelling arguments. Yes. Like when, when tied with the historical stuff and. I'll be the first to admit, I do not, I'm out of my depth here. Mm-hmm. I do not have the historical political context for this this whole thing, but it seems like the case they present for the military-industrial complex having built in their own heads this plan that they have mm-hmm. um, to invade Cuba, essentially, mm-hmm. and JFK coming along and fucking with that plan mm-hmm. and planning to fuck with their plans in Vietnam. Right. That, in my mind adds up to a compelling motivation mm-hmm. now motivation is not going to convict you mm-hmm. you need motivation you need a murder weapon you need right. like you need all the pieces to fall together so right. i'm not saying that means that there's a conspiracy i'm saying that's the the first breadcrumb to a conspiracy and like i mean i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and, make and, and this that's point. maybe the thing that the movie does best is present the motivations and, and they do it in kind of a, the stupidest way possible, in right. my opinion, which is they have this guy named X just come in and spell it all out yeah, for th- you. That's the, again, that's, it seems like that's a short the next, that, like the Walter Matt, that's the Mr. X is another one where it's like Jim Garrison was out of reasonable avenues to pursue an investigation, and along comes Donald Sutherland. Right. Now, I will say that that's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> okay, it's a Because, it, it, oh right, my God, yeah. again, if this movie was true... It'd be uh-huh. the most exciting thing that's ever happened because, like, our entire society is built upon a lie. Like, we had a shining city mm-hmm. on a hill, and someone took a di- giant shit on it and named the military-industrial complex. Yeah. But my – like, here's my thing. If you want – see this movie if you want to see it because it's it's still an amazing piece of filmmaking. Ma- uh, and then go and, and watch a bunch of YouTube videos on the other side. And you ch- make make your own call about who's being factual and what claims are persuasive. But my suggestion is the first part of this movie where it's uh, President Bartlett mm-hmm. uh, narrates a bunch of like real footage about the backdrop of the Vietnam War and a JFK assassination. When you get to the end of that, pause it and then watch uh, Ken Burns' Vietnam War documentary hmm. because this movie is pointing and grasping for a question that I think as a society, are, are, as, as we as Americans have not really grappled with, which is the truth that there was a vast conspiracy to get the um, to get America involved in the Vietnam War hmm. and to lie to the American people about how well that war was prosecuting uh how quickly it was being uh uh brought to an end how popular it was amongst the Vietnamese um but that's something that i think is still divides america because you know, America got divided into two camps. The camps that say that the that that and th- and this is not this is this the other thing that's nice about this is it's a bipartisan issue. You've got multiple administrations uh, across both Republican and Democrats 
doubling down and increasing because like, oh, if we lose face in front of the road. And the other thing is like, I think that the Ken Burns documentary uh, uh, convinced me of is like, there weren't very many bad faith actors. You certainly had some, but the idea that the Soviets might take over the whole world wasn't crazy. Like the fact that Okay. They would, yeah. they would, you know, Pied Piper the world into communism, and that would destroy the world and turn it into a totalitarian. It's, it's not like objectively crazy. It's just <laughs> that that was the theory, and no matter how much evidence was per, uh, presented to contrary, you'd always have the general saying, "Yeah, but what if? And if we don't fight here, then what? And we've already lost X amount of dollars and lives. If we, if we pull out now, it's going to be for what?" It's the sunk cost fallacy, but that, I think that's the conspiracy. Right, and if you had just given it some time, the the whole thing collapses eventually. Right, right? And like, so and like no matter like the the own government's reports, like there's mm-hmm. this this throwaway line about you know every time McNamara goes to Vietnam, he comes back and gets JFK spun up because every time he came back there trying to prove that the war is going well, he came back with like that's the whole uh, the 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 Washington Post movie, right? Like the the Pentagon yeah. Papers. That was mm-hmm. the own government's report, the military's own report that said. Vietnam War was misguided and unwinnable, and we're in fact not winning it, and we can't win it. Mm-hmm. But yet, how many more lives are we going to throw away? How many more young men are we going to kill over there? How many, and 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 not to mention the the Vietnamese people, you know, like does like I, I think that's the conspiracy, and we've not dealt with it because we divide into two camps: the camp that says mm-hmm. this is bullshit and lies, and the camp that says. Uh, we got to support the troops and support our government right or wrong. And then you started having things that radicalize people because the fact that the law and order, the, the, the government and troops types wouldn't accept the fundamental premise that the war was immoral and, and, and uh, counterproductive made them start doing the protest and like spitting on the truth. Like we're still dealing mm-hmm. with a lot of, cause like, you know, my dad's a Vietnam era vet. I wouldn't want to see someone call him a baby killer and spit on him because he did what he thought was his patriotic duty. Mm. But like we're in 2018 now. This past, is, as the movie says, is now prologue. We should be able to, as a society, go back and see, ah, here's how we fucked up. And everyone can agree on this set of facts. And also, this also neatly explains like the fundamental uh, uh, error of the Iraq uh, and Afghanistan wars, which... I was a conservative at the time, and I very vociferously supported all of those in that because I was ignorant of the history of Vietnam because our fucking mm. country is so balkanized that anytime someone want to talk about the failures of Vietnam, oh my God, that's a bunch of liberal bullshit. Very tune out. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I think that this movie hides an actual conspiracy, which is selling the Vietnam War as a bill <laughs> of goods to the American people. Hmm. And I think that's that shit. Like, this movie says that, like, We've never dealt with the the conspiracy behind the JFK. We've never dealt with the fact that we are a nation of we're a fatherless nation that our, our father was killed. Like it's like this big Joseph Campbellian hero's journey that we're all on. Like like this is the call to action. And we're you know, Oliver Stone's like we're collectively just shrugging. I think he's right. It's just instead of say, pinning everything on JFK assassination, it's just like a much bigger and more banal conspiracy of mm. of essentially sunk cost uh fallacy combined with national ego and you know unwillingness and, and to s- pay a political price and say we were wrong because any yeah. party that did that would instantly be swept out of office right. they'd the be held accountable self preservation yeah and i feel like that's at that point like we broke 
the idea that our leaders should be held responsible mm-hmm. and no one like like I it's it's crazy to me because I, I will say that like, you know, uh, I didn't believe that Colin Powell would get in front of the U.N. and make up a bunch of shit and talk about yellow cake and uh, centrifuges and all this other stuff and like uh, and, and uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. I didn't think he would do that. But I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong that I think that 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 the Bush administration would fabricate and trump up a bunch of facts and lead us into a war that had no basis. And I can say that because I'm a private citizen and no one's going to come to my house and kill me because mm-hmm. I sent thousands of my, their sons and daughters to die. In the real life politicians, they have those stakes. And what I think is bizarre is people that participated in what I feel uh, and what I think the facts support is a discredited march to war and and especially in Iraq are now coming back years later and wanting to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like when you make a mistake that big in public office, you should fall like maybe not literally in like a feudal Japan sense of the word, but you should fall <laughs> on your sword and go away. Yeah. Like you done fucked up. And I don't want to hear like from the likes of John Bolton and Dick Cheney ever again. Because mm-hmm. you guys were fucking wrong about the cost of the thing, the necess- the, the, ne- the the whether it was necessary, the reasons we're getting into it. So we keep because of these these, these mistakes that are made around the time the JFK got shot. Like we keep making the same mistakes because we're unable to uncritical to, to critically look back at our own past. Hmm. That's yeah. what I think. And if you disagree with me, then you know, like I don't, you know, I don't know what to tell you, like. The Ken Burns documentary is not the end all be all, but I guarantee you, if you fact check his ass, it, he'll ha- he'll have a much better record than if you fact check Oliver Stone's ass in this movie. <laughs> sure, like probably ninety percent of the shit that is 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 passed as fact in this film is is either made up or very misleading. Yeah, so let's talk about that because I. I got a very icky feeling from the very beginning of this movie where they're mm-hmm. mixing documentary footage with reenactments yeah. with pure fabrication um, and and dramatization, yeah. you know, like Oliver Stone will be very open when he talks about this movie, you know, from a from a fantasy standpoint. He's mm-hmm. not hiding the fact that he is making things up and he is trying to convince you by blending these disparate sort of sources of information if i if i can even call them that Mm -hmm. uh and that immediately puts me off of this when i go okay i'm gonna have a very very hard time distinguishing between what is documentary footage here yeah and what is movie film footage here uh that immediately made me uneasy and it's it's intentional right it is like they blending like yeah, and there's some stuff that's like very rare to see. Like, and uh, I thought it was moving. Like the JFK Jr. Uh, as a little boy saluting his father's coffin. Mm-hmm. I get still choked up because that's just like a fundamentally pathetic and sad image. Um, and then there's a Pruder film. Like yeah. the first time I saw that film, well, I think the first time a mini American saw that film, it was in the context of this movie. It's fucking right. amazing, jaw dropping. Yeah, I mean, I have the same reaction as the courtroom does. Right, when he shows you gasp. Him. Yeah, um, but then they use that in a very misleading way, like you know, the back to the left, because like we all understand, you get hit by a bullet, you know, opposite and equal reaction. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's sorry, I just feel like I j- jumped on no, your point. No, you're it, to make. it's okay. I, I just yeah, I I got an uneasy feeling uh, 
from that and then and he uses every technique right like he uses the film the grainy film the, does, the yeah. fact that like he tries you know, to make it kind of look you can like see documentary like Burnham, and like and, and the fact that like gary oldman looks exactly like uh oswald and the fact mm-hmm. they restage a lot of things like shot by shot painstakingly to blur that line between fiction and reality to great effect this is yeah. a fantastic work of propaganda i think no i i think this movie is expertly made i want to be clear about that like i think when i said at the beginning it's a triumph of editing Mm -hmm. i think that's true i think with the fucking sheer amount of information Mm -hmm. and the connections you have to make it it was a brilliant choice to do kind of this narrate not even narration like Mm -hmm. take you out of a scene that's in progress that you understand Mm -hmm. is going on a conversation that he's having you know garrison's having with his crew Mm -hmm. and intercutting it with with you know things that I hate to use this word, prove to us as an audience right. uh, that what he's saying is true. Uh, I think that's a, a great way to go about it. And I think it's a very inspiring final scene in the courtroom. Uh, but I have major, major issues with the courtroom scene, and it's not the magic bullet. Can we can we talk about that scene? Uh, I want to talk, like, I mean, if you want to jump around, because, like, I there's a lot of set pieces, like the Dave Ferry okay. interview, yeah, uh, yeah. the Clay Shaw being called in on the rainy Sunday, I think is another. Yeah. Like, where they cut Jim Garris, like Kevin Costner asking, uh, you know, Clay Shaw, portrayed by Tommy Lee Jones, uh, questions, and then they show what Jim Garrison is imagining what's happening. Yeah. And there's some wild fucking shit going on here. Mm-hmm. Like there's this, this, this gay sex party that involves mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones dressed up as Apollo. I mean, some Caligula shit. Right? Yeah, I know <laughs> it's, it's crazy co- stuff happening. And like I said, that's why it's like, you know, it's like blood libel against the gays because like, yeah. this is just, it's all scandalized and sensationalized and they and mm-hmm. and they just seem like the worst kind of people and they're like suspicious and they're they're murdering the presidents and they're fucking each other like it's like and they're doing drugs and it's just like it's it, tying all that stuff together there's yeah. a lot of moral panic like tied up to like hey look at these homosexual men they're depraved and degenerates even if that's true like and they like freaky sex that makes you more likely to believe that they'll kill the president, right? Right. It's yeah. very gross. And it po- like, it feels like, um, I like, like I said, I mean, it just in the same way that there's like the blood libel against the Jews is like, look at these Jews. They killed Christ. Like, I feel like there's a, that's exactly the same thing except for instead of, you know, JFC, it's JFK. It's interesting to me that you, you describe those scenes as what Jim Garrison is imagining mm-hmm. because I had a very much different take. I took that as the movie telling me what is fact, what actually happened. Hmm. I didn't get those those flashback scenes as Jim Garrison's head. I got that as narrative from the movie, but del- the only delivering poss- information. The only possible evidence for any of that stuff was the Willie the testimony O'Keefe of, testimony yeah. of the Kevin Bacon, right? Uh, but he's a like a lunatic. Mm-hmm. It's not because he's a he's a gay hustler. But he's not portrayed as a lunatic in this movie. Yeah, I think he is because when he says at the end, um, you know, he's like, you because know, he's, like, he's like trying to look for like why he's doing this, mm-hmm. and he says, "I just don't want this to be misunderstood. Fascism's coming back. That motherfucker Kennedy stole the election, okay. and he's a co- like that." Yeah. Tells you that this guy, like, there's a whole, like, there's a lot of cautionary tale about young, isolated men 
Or is that just they... what Oliver Stone believes? Well, that's the thing. Like, I I kind of think that this uh, Kevin Bacon is a composite character. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's also telling that, like, a lot of the details that he came up with are not things directly from the testimony. It's like, that. that's what I'm saying. The line between fact and fiction there is bl- uh, b- blurred. Um, but, like, to, to, to your point, I keep on thinking, like, if Clay Bertrand or Clay Shaw, I can't remember which one is his real name or which one is this alias, is innocent of what of this like I think he is. Imagine what an experience it is to be on trial for the murder of and then like <laughs> yes he's secretive and yes he's evasive because he's a deeply closeted gay man. Uh, and he's being that's accused of to be, killing the that's trying to be taken seriously as a, a important businessman and this mm-hmm. would like fucking Louisiana sixties would absolutely destroy his career and his life. That's yeah. why he's being evasive and lying. You fuck mm-hmm. not because he killed the president because he's a deeply closeted gay man. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. You know, and like in the mid sixties. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's this like vast, like every single one of them are, you know, I was like, like it, you get the impression that like every single one of the person in the conspiracy are like, <laughs> rabid homosexuals it's like well, this well, it vast place, homosexual uh, conspiracy i mean it takes place in louisiana so yeah i mean of course it's it's new orleans right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not sure i'm connecting those points but yeah no, i'm kidding right, obviously right. but anyway you're talking about the the trial yeah i want to talk about the trial because okay. it's one of the most ridiculous things that i've seen in a movie ever right this trial mm-hmm. who's on trial here I know. Who the fuck is on trial? Is the entire system, is this a, um, what's his name goes to Washington? Is this, is he putting the fucking universe on trial He here? does have the one sentence where it's like, okay, we don't have a case against Clay Shaw, but I got to can prove a conspiracy because if there's not a conspiracy, then I got no case. So let me just talk about my. This, this is, this is Tom Cruise and a few good men desperately trying to get Jack Nicholson to admit something, and then Jack Nicholson doesn't. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and the courtroom is just like, what the fuck was that? Right, You right. get out, you're in contempt, get out, get that man into jail. Right. Like, Kevin Costner in this scene is not, is not prosecuting anyone. No. He's, he's going off on a tirade about something that he's angry about, the values in America, the, the value of truth in America, mm-hmm. and some of his points I support. Some, yeah. of, some of the things he says are right up my alley. But yeah. why is the judge allowing this to happen? I, I honestly, there again, like I don't know how much of that courtroom stuff is actually was made up. Like what? Probably kind of all of it. I mean, I have to imagine that every single bit of this courtroom scene was intercut mm-hmm. in in reality with the judge banging his gavel and saying, mm-hmm. "You're out of order." Right. Uh, either fucking connect this to Clay. Mm-hmm. Or shut your mouth because mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with the case at hand. Right, right. And I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's also possible that like you know this whole case, like that that like the sequence that we saw is like essentially thirty minutes of the trial, and the judge is just like you know, fucking well, they, whatever. They've already shown that this judge is hostile to him. Yeah. Like yeah. why would he? Why would he allow such latitude in connecting the dots to Clay, which he never connects? Right. Um. I, I think this whole. This whole final scene is only there for him to give a big self-righteous speech about the fall of of American value, right. essentially. Right. Um, and so for me, it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, we were talked about, like I said, the, the, the Clay Shaw interview on Sunday, the Dave, the Dave Ferry, Pessy, so paranoid. Yeah. Uh, was amazing. I, the other thing I don't like about it, the, the, the parts of this movie that start grinding, 
to a halt. Like I said, it's like a lot of stuff with the, the, the gay agenda stuff I think is absurd, but the stuff that really bothers me and I don't think works is Sissy Spacex performance is so fucking one note. Oh yeah. Like, like they have the same fight, like five or like, look, you either believe your husband's blowing the lid off the JFK conspiracy or he is way, he is obsessed with this thing. And I think, I guess you're supposed to, cause, cause I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't, I was struck when I was watching this movie by two things. Like what if, if I'm Clay Shaw and I'm sitting there def- like paying high dollar lawyers to defend me against this lunatic mm-hmm. and I'm a gay man and this guy's blowing up my spot and how just like infuriating that must be. And I also thinking like what it must be like to be Jim Garrison's wife to see your husband like go and like, cause it's, it's not like, you know, like, like she privately thinks that he might have a screw loose like he goes on national TV and kind of gets his ass handed to him. And like mm-hmm. everyone starts talking about this lunatic that's trying to bring like that must be terribly hard. I don't know what like whether they stayed married or whatever. or Maybe she was like true blue. But like every single time they try to make it seem like she and Sissy Space plays it as like, you know, she's not a. I didn't feel like a substantive person. She's just always like, Oh Jim, you know, you, your mm-hmm. fa- your son hasn't seen you in six days. And I, it's just like, I God, it's like Rocky Balboa's wife and all the Rockies turned up to 11. <laughs> right. Like she's just there as a speed bump for the character because the other thing is they do this thing where Donald Sutherland says, Oh, there's too much light on you. Jim Boyle. You gotta, you gotta keep pushing. And it doesn't matter if you got a case, you got to bring the case. You got to stir the shit, which is like their explanation for why the clay Shaw trial. Is so scatterbrained, but like, mm-hmm. I don't buy it that he was this close to humiliating a new world order plot. And the worst he got was a guy making a creepy phone call to his daughter, mm-hmm. you know, like, shouldn't there have been some shots through his windows? Shouldn't there have been some, like, actual attempted... I mean, I, I like, they killed the what? fucking president in front of the world, dude. Like... Right. Just because you're a crackpot that's been largely discredited, they wouldn't have a problem with you, like, you know, running off the road and, oh, it's a drunk driving thing. Like, you, don't, you, only, you only need, like, one crime scene investigator to clear that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No, they they probably could have taken Jim Garrison out. I don't think he was quite as protected by you know the bringing the thunder as mm. X made it out to be. Uh, it- the the thing I do want to say about the the wife mm-hmm. uh, and and Kevin Costner, like Sissy Spacek, Kevin Costner, the Garrisons, uh, is that I guess that my my read on that whole plot mm-hmm. was for Jim Garrison. To for for Jim Garrison's wife, what what is her fucking name? This, Sissy Spacek. Well, no, I mean her first name. I have no idea. Okay. Mrs. Garrison. Mrs. Garrison. Uh, for her to not understand how he could endanger his family this way, right? Um, not understand how he could be more obsessed with with figuring out this riddle than loving his children and his wife. And by the end of the movie, after they've had the biggest blowout they'll have, to come mm. into that courtroom and see him deliver this passion, passionate speech. And bring speech. his boy, too. So, hey, come see come see uh, JFK's <laughs> skull get blown off, kid. Right. Yeah, they came in at the perfect time. <laughs> uh, to, to, to see that passionate plea for the very foundation of this country and to finally understand what is making him tick, why 
Because let, let's be honest, the more important thing to Jim Garrison, more important than his family, his children, his wife, is to see justice done here, right? Mm-hmm. It, what he believes would be justice, to, right. to uncover this conspiracy, right. to essentially recover the country that he thought he lived in. Right. I, I can understand why that would be more important to you than perhaps your family. Yeah. But I, I also understand the point of view of your family not understanding why it's more important than you are. Yeah, that's that's why I guess I was trying to get, and there again, I think you more eloquently said, stated, like, there's two states here. Either Mrs. Garrison believes her husband, and he is trying to uncover the most destructive conspiracy in the history of America. And mm-hmm. he's literally trying to save the Republic. Yeah. At which case you might be afraid, but you can't argue with him on the basis of like, it's not worth doing right. or like, it's Oh, not you miss, you miss Bobby's baseball game because yeah. you're investigating the death of John. <laughs> like it's, it's ridiculous. Like she either is, thinks yeah. like, and I th- felt like the movie tried to limp on that to that to opinion that like, Either like like it's almost like she was incurious, like she didn't care. Yeah, no, she didn't and that buy makes, any of it at the beginning. Yeah, and I, I, I felt like that was a bad look because like you know, uh, either she believes her husband. If she, if she believes her husband again, she could express fear and like, but but don't ever act like it's like what he's doing is not important or like yeah. Junior's baseball game or Sally's dance recital or whatever the, the things might have been should have take like he should have take his attention away from this to to no like yeah well definitely if you, if, be if worried you think that he's you're... on a goose chase yeah. i understand that and she did right right she didn't believe any of it right and so she thought he's on a goose chase and just ignoring his family for no reason right but then like you know if you can't convince your own wife that yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying like if you're up late reading the mm-hmm. the war what report, hope do you have of convincing the public right right um I don't know. I like another set piece uh, we talked about a little bit is the Donald Donald Sutherland General X. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is another of my favorite scenes because here again, Oliver Stone definitely takes where Jim Garrison's investigation has essentially come to a stop. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything to go on. And this guy comes and says and gives like a plausible rationale for why this has happened. But like, as far as I can tell, this is just Jim Garrison's fever dream. Like, None of this has any basis of fact. Donald Sutherland's character is not a real person. Um, all this stuff is just a, literally a conspiracy theory that tries to explain the perceived facts that they as they know them. Yeah. But it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating stuff. Like if if true, this would be big. It's the problem <laughs> is it's just not. And they also do like again. Like I think that there's a little bit of kernel of the truth. Like uh, Vietnam was a shot in the arm for the aerospace industry and the military industrial complex there was a mm. lot of treasure pumped into this essentially elective war because like you know here's the thing uh which i don't uh, i mean i understand in the time but like looking back critically at our um uh, fights against communism i don't understand why america just didn't let you know, because because it's not like communists like I always felt like it was like, it, you know, there's a, there's a revolution that was popular with the people. Like, imagine if, uh, you know, all the the monarchies in the world went against America because they all lined up against us and just blew us off the map and then said, see, democratic republicanism is doomed to, to, to fail. Right. We didn't like, you know, we got, you know, uh, different allied and like the world is because there's like competing interest and in, in whatnot. But like 
we were allowed to have this experiment. And I don't understand mm. where, like, in South America and Central America and Asia, we wouldn't just – we didn't, didn't, didn't let people like, hey, you want to run communism? Try to run communism. Mm. Like, what if it's better? What if it's more – because now you've that, got – That's the thing. I mean, the, the proposition of this movie is for the motivations of the – Right. The, the military-industrial complex. Right. They don't care if it's better, right? They just care that it's not them, right? And and also that they can uh, rationalize spending billions and billions yeah. of dollars to put in their pocket if you go along and fight this war. And like, what do they care if a bunch of hicks from the country die? You know, sure, because uh, not the I elites mean, do, and the elites are going to Canada, they're going to get into college deferments and doing all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, Bill Clinton and George Bush didn't fight in the Vietnam War. Yeah. Bill Clinton went to Canada and George Bush got in the air, the Texas Air National Guard, where he saw lots of active duty, I'm sure. <laughs> like lots of lots of conflict in middle, you know. Um I yeah, I but but again, it's 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 a great scene. It's just a scene that should be seen as a work of fiction. Like this this yeah, movie yeah, yeah. should be seen like Inglorious Bastards. Okay. You know, it's uh-huh. it's it's a historical fantasy that makes it feel good about something. It makes you feel good about fighting the industrial complex. But instead, like people like did you read uh, Roger Ebert's review? I did. All yep. up in this movie's ass. He, he thinks, loves this movie. Yeah, cuz it told him what he it validated what he believed to be true. Mm-hmm. Um but there again, it's so Again, the real conspiracy is to get people worked up about this rather than having an honest a reappraisal of our involvement in all the different, <laughs> you know, uh, elective wars that we've engaged in in the last half of the 20th century and early parts of the 21st century. Yeah, the the interesting thing about, you know, he, he Roger Ebert goes, mm. you know, all in for this movie um, and the message of this movie. I don't necessarily, but I do think that the entire three and a half hours because mm-hmm. we watched the director's cut, which adds 17 extra minutes on top mm-hmm. of an already long movie. Yeah. It, it kept me engaged. Like mm-hmm. I, even in those moments that I described where it lost me, mm-hmm. it was just on to the next thing. And I was back into it. You know, it never felt like there were moments where I, I lost interest and didn't want to come back to it. Right. And I, and, and, so it, from that perspective, it's like a really, a really entertaining, good film. It's like a well made. It's like a uh, cylinder of Pringles. Like you just eat, you just, you just keep eating them, keep eating them. And uh-huh. it tastes, and like the dialogue is so good and the editing, the way it moves and John Williams muse like this, these weird menacing horns that won't come in and like introduce, yeah. like just, just keep propelling you. And there's like all this, some of it gets ludicrous. That sounded like, like a TIE fighter, by the way. So right. I'm back to my, yeah, it's, all the soundtracks sound the same. Right. There's this, there's, <laughs> there's a, <laughs> there's a couple of funny thing where it gets like almost in a parody. Like I remember there's one point where Donald Sutherland says in that document lies the Vietnam war. And you hear this like gunshot as it like overexposes on this crazy right. ma- fictitious document. And, but like for most of the time it like, it just, and, and it's just set piece after set piece of yeah. insane conspiracy conspiratorial thinking, which is in, in you know, like, it's like as a person who loves to talk politics with my friends late at night, under influence of alcohol and other drugs, <laughs> I get the appeal. Sure. It's a good fucking time. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. And there's like a, I thought there's a couple other effective things like, um, at the end, like Jim Garrison's div in his closing remarks. And at one point, Kevin Costner makes direct eye contact with the, the camera when he goes, it's up to you speaking to the mm. jury, but he's actually okay. talking to the audience. And again, like this is, 
a hell of a call to action. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing I say I don't I don't really buy the premise of this movie, but I guess I kind of do. Like I I generally feel, and it's not entirely based on this movie. I actually mm-hmm. don't know what it's based on. Uh, if I'm being honest, I generally feel that there is some kind of fishiness, some weirdness surrounding the assassination, but like, I, I can't put my finger on it and say what it is. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the movie, they, they do a couple of like scrolls of text. Right. And they say that the Senate commission actually found 12 years later or something, they found this to there to be evidence of a conspiracy, mm-hmm. but they have not investigated it. Mm-hmm. What what the fuck does that mean? Well, I mean, the other question is why. And, and is that true? Is why, that true? Why are the JFK? Why are the detailed records of the JFK? Assass- I mean, here's here's where the are conspiracy sure? All still these records lives. Are closed. Yeah. Why are these records still, and they keep getting pushed back further and further into the future? In fact, like I, you know, that's one of the many campaign promises Donald Trump has broken that he would release the the you know the detailed records. Like well, honestly, I've heard some compelling that like essentially there are. And there are embarrassing details um, that would reveal like corruption and like bad motives in the Vietnam War and like a bunch of other stuff that's not to has to do with the like it's it's not that they're covering up Kennedy they're covering up just like you know broad malfeasance and corruption which is already disturbing enough but like sure. I do think that it's ridiculous that it's 2018 and we these records are still sealed. Like, there's no yeah, fucking we're 50 way. Years out from this investigation. There's no fucking way there is a valid national defense reason to keep this stuff under wraps. Right. It's ridiculous. It'd be like if there was like redacted moon landing stuff. Like, uh-huh. you know, like what the fuck? What the fuck is going <laughs> on here? And like, I don't have a great. I don't have a great answer to that. Like, again, I, I feel like it's it's more of like I, Pentagon paper. Like, because, again, you know, Nixon tried to suppress the Pentagon ba- Pentagon papers, not because they weren't true, but because they're devastating to the stated foreign policy goals of the United States of America. Right. And to the fact that, like, it was still cons- like, like, I think there's probably stuff that shows, like, you know, stuff we already know, like the fact the CIA was involved in almost every coup and counter-revolutionary manner mm-hmm. of, of, of South America, like n- and naming names and giving detailed budget accounts and how like the Cold War lasted until the late 80s. So like a lot of these fuckers that were complicit in doing that stuff are still alive. Yeah. And I have a feeling that when all those people die off that, you know, this stuff will be and we'll be like, ah, here's her. But it's not going to be like. You know, Oswald worked with a crack team of six Russian operatives to kill JFK and D- or Dealey Plaza. It's going to be we had a bunch of liars that were profiteering off the war and protecting their own <laughs> image. And and, and right. again, they and like I, I, I don't even think it's like a conspiracy, like they're insincere. I think people were pants shittingly afraid of what would happen. They, 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 they look at like, you know a communist regime an authoritarian communist regime and be like, Jesus Christ, it would suck to live under one of those and use that as an excuse to do anything Mm -hmm. like any war, any dirty trick, any assassination, any public misinformation campaign can be justified. If you're in an existential threat against an implacable foe, I just don't think that it turns out that Soviets weren't all that implacable. 
And certainly some of this banana Republic shit we did in, in our own <laughs> hemisphere is seemingly indefensible. Right. So, and again, that's one of the reasons like it's, you know, we're still like right now we're, we're starting this whole like socialism and communism, you know, like second red scare. And it would be nice to be able to point back and be like, say, you know, well, you know, communism doesn't work. It had its chance in it. But like a lot of Marxists will say, how do you know that? Because there's not a single socialist regime that's ever existed that the most powerful country and all of their other powerful allies didn't try to fuck with and destabilize and destroy from within. It'd be like, I mean, you know, I guess my my rebuttal to that would be that's true of monarchies. That's true of democratic republics. And that's but, true. But like, say it's like, it, it, it's like, is it, is it just that we're lucky that one of the first democ- democratic experiments that happened in modern times was came about at a time when there was a lot of division within Europe so that they couldn't ally. Like, you know, if it wasn't yeah. for France being our allies, we'd have been fucked. Totally. Yeah. Totally been fucked. Huh. Like Great Britain would kick their ass. We'd still be a colony. And they'd be like, well, there you go. Demo- uh, right, right. Democratic yeah. Republican. The, the Republicans just can't, uh, you know, the, it's just a uh, uh, mob rule just doesn't work, mm. you know. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is like I think that this is also a movie that speaks to our times because we are living in a, like yes. highly fictitious times. Yes. That you can't trust anything that's said at any time. And it's about to get worse because it used to be if you uncovered – audio or video evidence mm-hmm. that you that was the smoking gun or photographic yeah we are less than a decade we might actually already be there where a person can we can see a tape on cnn or msnbc or god help us all fox news and a person plausibly and maybe even correctly say that's literally not me mm-hmm. that is not me in that tape i am being framed i'm being set up i am a patsy mm-hmm. and what the hell are we going to do jim <laughs> Man, I don't have an answer for because, that. Because, like, if, if you know, if, if people want to say, like, oh, this NASA bullshit of, like, you know, like, try to bullet trajectories, what are they going to do when it's like, well, actively, we've had crypto analysts look at it, and they can tell by these five bits that this has been manipulated. Right. No one's going to believe that. Well, certainly Jim Garrison wouldn't have. He would have said, I'm going with my gut, and damn the science. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. And I think it's going to be one of the hardest questions we've ever had to answer. Sean, thanks for uh, commissioning this podcast and give us an excuse to, to bloviate about it. And uh, we'll be back uh, with another commission podcast pretty soon. I think the, we've actually got the, the last one of our slate. Yeah. The Star Wars Episode 3 special features, which will be an interesting uh, podcast that we'll have to approach. Uh, until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you later.